Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenue's Mind Week podcast. I'm Steve Saipa, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlahos, Ken Lavin, and Thomas Henderson. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Much better before Jacob deGrom left the game. <laughs> Life is pain. Better than his lap. Yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, recapping today's game, so I went from thinking, man, am I going to get to write a recap for a uh, no-hitter here? That'd be fun, to, ah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, At least it didn't look like it was serious or anything like that. Nah. It's probably going to be an IL stint and calling it a day. Also, this is the longest at bat of all time from Pavin Smith to break the fourth wall of when we record. But <laughs> all right, so promote extend trade, and um, we've had a bunch of fictitious animals in the news lately. So, of these cryptids, what are we going to promote, extend, or trade, or maybe who? I guess since these are, um, I guess unique cryptids. So first we have the Jersey Devil. 
Next we have extend. <laughs> next we have uh, Cthulhu. Yes, yes. Oh, extend. <laughs> and last but not least, we have Man Bear Pig. <laughs> oh, I want to extend all three. I am super serial. <laughs> so fun story about the New Jersey Devil. When I was younger, I'm trying to think how old I was. Probably sometime between the ages of 8 and 12. I lived in uh, Colts Neck. If you're familiar with Colts Neck, it's pretty rural. So there's lots of woods. And I read a a book about the history of the Jersey Devil. Like, hey, here's where this myth comes from, blah, blah, blah. And then for like the next two weeks, I couldn't sleep because I had several very <laughs> large tree branches outside my windows. And I was convinced the New Jersey Devil was going to be out there at some point. So because of that, I'm trading the New Jersey Devil, internalized <laughs> childhood trauma, get him the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm I'm trading the Jersey Devil too, just because if you look at pictures of like what it's supposed to look like, it looks so fucking stupid. Like whoa, that's heresy. <laughs> oh wow, we're we're gonna don't tell Allison you've said that. You're gonna upset the Jersey folks. Uh, it just looks dumb. Like, it, look it at the picture. Yeah, it, it has like very ro- stupid. It has like <laughs> robot legs or something. Like, what's going on with that? I don't know. In college, I worked for the New Jersey Folk Festival at, at Rutgers, and uh, its mascot is the Jersey Devil. So, I will not tolerate any <laughs> Jersey Devil slander on this podcast. Uh huh. Next, you're gonna tell us that Jersey has better pizza than New York. I mean, do I have to tell? <laughs> Listen, you could we, be wrong if you choose we, uh, to be. We don't make lies up on this podcast, so don't say things like that. This is an all truth podcast. I'm just gonna go on mute and uh <laughs> 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 we'll pick Ken back up later. Uh easy easy extend on Cthulhu, uh the cold one, cracking open the boys with the cold ones, you know. Um, and that leaves Man Bear Pig to be promoted. We all have to be aware of the threat that Man Bear Pig poses. Mm-hmm. It is true. Got to agree. We have to extend Cthulhu because obviously. Unfortunately, I I was reading something recently and I found out Lovecraft was actually kind of a terrible person. Apparently, oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. It kind of sucks. But then again, everyone is a terrible person, so... <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not all that surprised. All right, well, let's move on now to our way-too-early draft updates. And my guy, Jed Fabian, he played in five games this week, and he went 5-15 with two doubles, two homers, a stolen base, eight walks, and four strikeouts. So Nimo-esque. yeah, that brings him to a total batting line this year of 273, 390, 636 in 46 games with 18 homers, four steals and five tries, 35 walks and 59 strikeouts. So I know the stock has dropped uh, pretty precipitously among the experts, but the last month he's done really good. He's he's gone. 22 for 62 with six doubles, eight homers, 19 walks, and 13 strikeouts. So, you know, honestly, I I don't think that I would have any second thoughts picking him at 10 still. 
like we, we kind of touched on it last week. Some of those names being floated by the professionals are kind of like flat, kind of boring. At least Fabian, yeah, he, he's a flawed player, but he does have legit plus in-game power, and he's more or less average everywhere else across the board except for uh, the hit tool. So, you know, not necessarily optimal, but I like him better than Gunnar Hogland, you know? What can yeah, you do? that's fair. No offense to Mr. Hogland, of course, if he's listening. Friend of the pod. <laughs> All right. Um, how was Brady House doing, Lucas? Uh, he had a slow week. They played a doubleheader on, I know, days of the week, uh, Thursday. Uh, went a combined two for seven, couple runs. It's wow. a slump. Yeah, his team lost both those games. You know, clearly, clearly his his stock is falling, and he those teams in the top five shouldn't consider him at all. Should should fall to ten. Solid um, strategy. Yeah, let's, let's I mean, start some rumors. Uh huh. I mean, I saw I saw a couple other mock drafts that had him going five or six, and the all uh, like the thought there is either okay, either all of these mocks are correlated because they're talking to the same, they're talking to one source, and therefore they're not as reliable, or they're talking, everyone's talking to different sources and giving them the same information, which would make them more reliable. I don't know which of them it is. But it seems like uh, he continues to trend uh, at spots higher than where the Mets are going to pick. Well, still a couple more weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, how is Andrew Painter? Um, he only played once since we have last podcasted. Um, they played on Thursday. They lost a playoff game. Um, so I think that's it for their season. Mm. Um, he pitched two and a third perfect innings with four strikeouts in relief. Um, but the guy in front of him got the loss, giving up two earned runs. So, and they lost two one. So that's, it's probably onto the draft circuit for him, I assume. But, um, like he was good. He pitched a lot of relief this year. Like they used him almost in multiple games in a few inning clips. Um, for whatever reason, I don't really know why, but that was the strategy that they went with. But, um, and that's what the strategy they went with in this playoff game. Um, so yeah, he was he was pretty good. Um, the last mock I read was Jim Callis's. He had him at 18, so that's obviously it would be a stretch for the Mets to pick him. But you never know. Uh, the Mets could see something in him. Who even knows what they're looking at? Because we don't know. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the range in which he's going. Where this would be a little bit of a. It seems like right now it would be more than the Mets reaching for him rather than him some the player falling to them like. Like the rest of the podcast kind of was, and even um, how Hill might have been if he stayed healthy. So maybe they reach. Who knows? It just depends on the board and obviously what the scouts look at. Mm-hmm. And last but not least is Adrian Del Castillo. So Ken, how's he been? What's he been still up to? Still down. Um, yeah, power still hasn't come around. Since we last spoke, he went two for fourteen. Uh, with three walks and two strikeouts, um, no extra base hits. He's down to 289, 398, 434 on the year. Um, so yeah, not like bad, but like we've talked about a few times, not really what you want your, your top 10 draft pick to be hitting in college ball. 
you know? No. Like a fine average, I guess, but not what you want your, you know. I, I think he's pretty much played his way out of the top ten. Yeah. Point. Well, uh, I mean, it's still like a month ago. True. And I presume they're going to be in the... Are they, are they doing college baseball playoffs of some kind this year? I, I, would, actually, I would assume, I would assume so. so. Yeah. Uh, they playing, haven't really so. been all that good this year, though. Miami? Mm. Yeah. The latest MLB.com mock, which, I mean, take MLB.com for what it's worth, uh, has Del Castillo all the way down at 20 to the Yankees, yeah. which would be a pretty significant fall. Like, he was... I'm not sure he was. Was he ever really a, a first overall candidate? Certainly a top five candidate Heading at one point. Heading into the season, uh, MLB Pipeline had him as like the number four best yeah. player in the draft. Yeah, I, I, I feel like everyone knew Leiter and Rocker were going to be one or two or whatever. So it was kind Weirdly, of a... MLB has Lawler going first. I know, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. which is interesting. <laughs> we could just immediately disregard that then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I get the logic in it, like, Hitter over pitcher, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what the logic and is. Don't take Lawler's quite good himself, but point being, the, the Del Castillo stock has fallen significantly. That's like two or three whole tiers between fourth behind Rocker, uh, Lighter, Lawler, and 20th. Also, if I'm picking in the 20s and a guy like that falls to me, I'm running. Oh, like, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just on pure, maybe it was a bad year for him alone. Like, it's it, it's going to be a really good pick for someone that late because of how he could be. And it you never know if he's to... like playing through like a, a weird wrist or hand thing. Those yeah, who knows? Finger. Just goes to show how much of a crapshoot this all is because one of the guys that we picked, he is you know in the top five now. One of the guys that we picked, he is done for the season. And two of the guys that we picked have basically played themselves out of the first round completely, almost to to some mock draft experts. So who knows? Yeah. All right. Now let's move on to Asia and we will look at our CPBL, KBO, NPB teams and the Unilions. They did not have a great week. They went one, three and one. But they still are in first place in the standings. Their record for the year is 21, 16, and 1. And that one game that they did uh, win, our old friend Teddy Stankiewicz, he pitched it. And he won his sixth game of the season. He threw seven scoreless innings. He allowed four hits. He walked none. And he struck out 12. So his ERA right now stands at 1.07. That's number one in the league. His six wins are second in the league. And his 56 strikeouts are second in the league. So him and brother Elephants pitcher Jose DePaula looks like they will be duking it out to see who's the best pitcher in the league. And DePaula did win MVP last year. He won the, the, the pitching triple crown. So he is the reigning champion. So it would be nice to see if Stankiewicz can dethrone him. The LG Twins, they went two and two. And then they had two games canceled. So they are 16 and 12 on the season, which is second place behind the Samsung Lions. And the reason why they canceled those two games, it's actually pretty interesting. Uh, Yellow Dust from the Gobi. 
yeah, yellow <laughs> dust from the Gobi Desert. It's uh, huh? Yeah, sure. Basically, there are reports of dust storms hitting Korea, southern China, Japan, going back as to like ancient antiquity. But deforestation, industrialization in in Central Asia and Russia and China, it definitely has uh, exacerbated this. And they get dust storms from, you know, the winds blowing from the Gobi Desert in in Mongolia and northern China. And it's been really bad in Korea the last month or so. So hopefully things clear up because Hansu Kim, he's heating up. He's hitting 323, 421, 525 so far. And he really is, you know, taking taking uh taking a step back and just looking at him. He's just such a pure good hitter, and there really aren't too many guys like that anymore. So it just sucks to see that games are being taken away from him, at bats are being taken away from him. Because he's so you know, I think that seeing an, a legitimately good hitter is more fun than just seeing kind of like a, a guy that just slugs a million home runs. But, you know, who would you rather see hit? Ichiro Suzuki or Adam Dunn? You know? Hmm. That's interesting. Because they're, cause they're both awesome. <laughs> right. I, I feel like a guy like Ichiro is just exciting because you just don't know what, you know, is he going to pull like a double or a triple? Is he just going to poke an infield hit? He does have a little bit of power if he wanted to. So, you know, he, there are, there, there is the possibility of home runs. Where's that done? Be, just three true outcomes. Because I'm the uh, nerd that I am, I'm thinking like, oh, well, Adam Dunn's more like the punctuated equilibrium uh, idea here where, <laughs> Yeah, it's just kind of flat line, flat line, flat line, and then he, dr- he hits a 470-foot bomb. It's like, oh, that's fun. <laughs> Whereas Ichiro is just going to make contact and run around every time, which is also fun. I think I might prefer the... I mean, on average... Okay, on average, it's still Ichiro because he's the better player. But stylistically, if they were the same quality of player, the median Ichiro entertainment is higher. But the... High level Adam Dunn entertainment is better. Yeah, like him hitting a 450 foot home run is hysterical and fun. Yeah, that's a very advanced way of breaking everything down. Do you, Steve, what, what do you expect from me at this point? <laughs> that's that's so true. That's true. And last but not least are the occult swallows, and they went one, two, and one this week. So they are at fifteen, thirteen, and one, which is third place behind the Hanshin Tigers and the Yomiuri Giants. Pitching was trash this week, as to be expected, but Murakami has ten homers, Yamada he has ten homers. You know, this is a hitting team, so as long as they're hitting, they're gonna be scoring enough runs to make up for their trash pitching, and that more or less is what happened this week. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. At this point, I want to do things a little bit out of order. And I want to... Go straight to the Whip Honor of the Week now. Normally we save this segment for very last, but I want to do that now because I have a pretty good Whip Honor of the Week. And that is, unfortunately, myself. Don't ask me what I did, but I somehow lost the rest of my conversation with Lucas, Ken, and Thomas. And it was a pretty good one, if I don't say so for myself. So... Yeah, whoops. Sorry about that. And it sucks because, again, you know, we we had a pretty good conversation that now I'm just going to have to kind of fill in by myself without their input, which obviously, you know, takes detracts from things. But the original Will Ponds of the Week, I think, was pretty good. You know, being a big Star Wars fan, um, the U.S. Army and the Israeli Defense Force tweeted out some May the 4th hashtags, um, basically... Identifying with stormtroopers, which is definite Wilponry right there, but basically screwing this podcast up, I think, is an even more egregious offense. So again, I am unfortunately Wilpon of the week, and I will not take this burden lightly. You know, this is a shame that I'm going to have to wear, but I hope I learn my lesson, <laughs> and going forward, you know, this will never happen again. Now we're going to move back over to the U.S., and we are going to have our first team update, and it's very exciting. I was very happy to be able to log on to my computer, to turn on MILB TV, and to watch some games, and to follow box scores and everything like that. It's been, you know, way too long. So first up are the Syracuse Mets, and they went 1-4 and four this week, so that leaves them at 1-4 and four in the year as a result, which is good for, unfortunately, dead last in the AAA East-Northeast, and three games behind the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Binghamton Rumble Ponies, they are somehow even worse than that. They still haven't won a game, and they're 0-5 to start the year, and that puts them four games behind the Portland Sea Dogs in the AA Northeast-Northeast. Brooklyn Cyclones, they went 2-3 this week, and are 2-3 in the year, which is third place in the High A East-North, which is three games behind the Aberdeen Ironbirds. And last and certainly not least are the St. Lucie Mets, and they went 1-4, and four, and they are currently at the top of the standings in the low A Southeast East with the Daytona Tortugas one game behind them. So one week into the season, not exactly one week, you know, five games into the season, and what we assumed is exactly what's going on. The bottom of the system... St. Lucie and Brooklyn, you know, good. The top of the system, Syracuse and Binghamton, not so good. We'll now move on to the Players of the Week. And our first hitter of the week of 2021 is Francisco Alvarez. He went 8 for 15 
which is good for a 533 average, in five games with two doubles, a homer, four RBI, six walks, four strikeouts, and then a stolen base for good measure. Uh, Honestly, I was surprised, and I know a lot of other people were surprised, that he was even assigned to St. Lucie to begin with. And if he continues the kind of start that he's having, he's not going to be there for much longer. And as as I'm recording this, as as I talk, he's currently one for two with another double and three more walks in the game that he's playing right now. And if you want to get a little bit more meta, he, in his first game, he probably should have had two more doubles, but he kind of got robbed of extra base hits from just some nifty defensive plays. So as good as the line is... It could, in theory, have been even better than it is. But, you know, I don't think that he's going to be in St. Lucie for much longer. I don't know. And, you know, unless you are one of the decision makers, you know, I don't know why he was sent to St. Lucie in the first place, because I think that the talent level is just beneath him, all things considered. Um, So, you know... A week, two weeks, a month, whatever. I I don't think that he's going to be in St. Lucie for that long. I think that by June the latest, he'll be promoted up to Brooklyn. I don't know what it is they're looking for. You know, he's as a hitter, he's advanced for his age. As a catcher, he is, I'm not going to say advanced, but he's better than, you know, you would think for a young kid. There are still, you know, there, there are things that he could improve on as a catcher. And personally, I think that is why he is in St. Lucie, just to, you know, give him a, give the Mets a closer look at him and his development as a defensive catcher. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with it, but again, there's always time to improve. And as a advanced hitter, you know, he can kind of rest on those laurels longer than he could as a, you know, hitter that needs to learn. So that can help him developmentally with his defense our pitcher of the week now is right-handed pitcher tyler mcgill and he made one start this week he allowed one run over five innings and he gave up two hits he walked three and he struck out 10 so mcgill was my sleeper prospect for 2021 and knock on wood so far so good he's always had solid numbers but he was always a little bit on the older side he never had much hype as an eighth round pick in the twenty twenty in the twenty eighteen draft. He was a so- senior signing out of the University of Arizona, which is not a college known for pitching or really you know anything like that. Um, the best picture to actually come out of that school is Mark Melanson, though technically they had a shortstop drafted in nineteen eighty nine by the name of Trevor Hoffman, but he was a shortstop, not a pitcher, so. Melanson still wins there, I guess. But McGill, he's going to be facing um, age-appropriate competition in AA this year. He's 25. He has college experience. That's basically the kind of caliber of hitters that he's going to be facing in AA this year. So if he does have some success, he might be an option for, you know, for the Mets at the end of this season and or, you know, 2021 and beyond. Because outside of... Edwin Diaz, Trevor May, Miguel Castro, Seth Lugo, when he comes back. You know, there's going to be a couple of, of open spots in the bullpen for low-leverage middle relievers. 
And McGill is a guy that could be competing for one of those roles down the line. He has a solid fastball-slider combo that, you know, it should get major league hitters out. And it really only comes down to, to command with him. Um, his problems in that regard come from just the mechanics and the natural movement of his pitches. So those aren't things that you can just kind of snap and fix, but you can work on that kind of stuff. You can work to kind of optimize the mechanics. You can watch video and, and all kinds of, you know, the advanced technological stuff that major league clubs employ to kind of figure out how to better throw those pitches and, and, and four strikes and take control of just the natural movement that the pitches get. So he, uh, you know, uh, assuming he has some success, he could be a guy that is in more conversation going forward. And now we're going to bring back another segment that's been missing since we haven't had Mono League Baseball for 600-plus days. And it is, oh yeah, that guy. Will we take a look back at some of the, not necessarily prospects, but just some of the Mets form hands over the years that had, you know, really good weeks and just kind of reminisce about them. And back in 2013, for the St. Lucie Mets, over the week of May 2nd to May 8th, Adderlyn Rodriguez had one hell of a week. He went 11 for 23 with five doubles, three homers, 13 RBI, three walks, and three strikeouts. And believe it or not, Adderlyn is still playing baseball. He signed as a free agent with Detroit over the winter, and he's currently playing on the Toledo Mudhens. He hasn't gotten a major league call-up yet, but he did play in Japan last year. He got into about 60 games with the Orcs Buffaloes. Wasn't really that great. Um, he is 29 now, cause, and that seems crazy because it, it feels like he's been around forever. But yeah, he he hasn't gotten that major league call-up yet. And, you know, this, the numbers, this is definitely a case of do not scout the stat line because if you look at his numbers the last couple of years in in the minor leagues in triple a the numbers are pretty good hitting you know about 275 or better basically double digit home runs every year but it's in the pcl so you know that that's basically launch pad and he is um very limited as a player He's basically limited to just first base or DH. But it's not like Detroit is really getting much out of the four or five guys that they have playing first base right now. So who knows? Adderlyn Rodriguez might, you know, get, um, he might get that shot finally this year. Definitely rooting for him because, you know, guys that have basically been playing for, the, the, the guys that are still grinding, and haven't lost sight of the ultimate goal, you know, you gotta, gotta hand it to them. And like I said, he's 29 now, but you know what? He could have another 10 years left in him, so who knows? But like I said, definitely rooting for Adeline. So this, like I said, I, I am the Will Pond of the Week because I forgot to hit record on our original podcast. So this is, this is it. Definitely not the way you want to um, make a big splash with the minor league season returning. So I hope all of our listeners out there kind of forgive me. So we'll just have to have an even better show next week.
But if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you could send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com. Or you could follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Saipa. Lucas is at Elvlahos343. Ken is at Ken1191. And Thomas is at said Met Season, SZN. But subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Rate and review it. And of course, we thank you for listening. And we will be back next week when I make sure that I hit record. So until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets. <laughs>